What's up, everybody? Welcome back to the Outdown Podcast. We're back with episode six, and it, with me, your faithful as and my compadre. Hello, I'm Nick. How are y'all? How are y'all? We're back y'all. again. Yeah. We don't know what we're doing this week, but we're back. <laughs> <laughs> well, I've, I've played a few games. I managed to squeeze that in, uh, you know, just after and before going away uh, to a festival for four days. Yeah, you're Captain um, Festival this summer, so like, you know. I've still got one more day ticket to attend as well. Oh. Going to Reading for a day. Oh, so but... am I. Oh, really? Which, you, which day are you going on? Sunday. Nah. Ah. Oh. I go Saturday, I think. Oh, you're seeing oh, no, Post no, wait. No, I've had it confirmed. We're going Um, we're going Sunday. Oh, Foo Fighters. Yay, I'll see you there. Oh, look. There you go, guys. The gaming podcast, which is just tangented immediately to Reading Festival talk. But still, we didn't know this was happening. Oh, lovely. Cool. That is nice. cool. Maybe I won't get so drunk and like say we're going to meet up, and then we, we don't. You'll never find me, yeah. Because I'm so drunk, I don't know who or what I am. So, yeah. That, Hopefully. That, that would be lovely. Yeah, well, so you've played games. Um... I've not. <laughs> Will you be busy? Uh, yeah. I've, to be fair, I've been working like a motherfucker. That's m- the main reason why. Um, I've pa- well, I've, I've been back. I've been back on a couple of li- little bits that I can touch on, really, really briefly uh, before we get into stuff. But yeah. So. Okay. Well, let me hit you with what I've got. I want to talk about uh, the new WoW patch. I've actually played a bunch of that now, and I've got some opinions. Ah. Uh, uh, okay. Because you spoke I about wanna... this last time and said about fit about things that were going to happen. So. Yeah, it's it, there was sort of speculation that it was going to save the expansion. Um, and I mean, without too many, too much of a spoiler, I don't think it has. I think it's kind of bad. I keep um, seeing like adverts for it all around saying like, "Oh, it's the biggest patch to Battle of Azeroth ever." So yeah, yeah, it, it's it's a big patch, but it's an awful lot of empty. Um, oh, and I'll explain I'll explain that in more detail in a bit. Uh, but then I want to talk to you about Slay the Spire and Super Hot because oh. those are the two games I played. Other than that, oh my, I can I can converse on one of those two games. So very good. So let's let's do this. You 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 fucking far away then, sir. Tell me some things about some stuff. Hit me with your gaming rhythm stick because I'm I'm lacking ammunition. Right, I'm gonna start. I, I, we've already touched a bit on WoW, so I'm just gonna start with that. Um, I don't think this patch is good enough. I think it's an awful lot of <laughs> emptiness. There's a lot of mechanics they've introduced which allow you to like you get special trinkets and you can customize them with items that you can find off of bosses and dungeons and all this shit should be really exciting and compelling. But it's completely ruined by the typical Blizzard time gating. So I got into the patch. I started working through content to unlock, you know, flying in Battle for Azeroth. And, you know, I hit a brick wall where I'd run out of stuff to do. There's not enough. It's all daily quests. So you're not working through a pre-existing pathway of content. You're working through content that is just piecemeal fed to you each day. And the only way you can sort of circumvent it uh, to try and like get ahead of the grind is by hunting rare monsters. Right. The problem is everybody's hunting rare monsters, including the people who have already unlocked their flying mounts. So you join a group of people that are hunting rare monsters. They're spread all over the zone. They're calling out to each other. You know, so and so spawned. This one spawned. Everybody's running over to it. But all the people who are on flying get there, kill the fucker, and then move on to the next one before you can arrive. So it just completely throws everybody else under the bus. Wow. So uh, that yeah. stinks. <laughs> it really stinks. 
There's a bunch of like new mounts and stuff, but I'm not really interested in mounts. Yeah, but that's just like cosmetic shit. I mean, really, you want content, don't you? You know what I mean? It's like, oh, great, we've got some exactly. new mounts, but cool, but that's not making my time that I'm spending here any more interesting. And th this is a huge divide, I think, with what I experienced as well when I was younger and what I experience with it now is I think nowadays it's almost entirely cosmetic. Um, yeah. Including the, the, the items themselves with the actual stats. They're essentially cosmetic. All they do is feed into... Uh, a total item level um and you can min max a little bit and you can you know get some more power out of doing that kind of stuff but it's not like you can go and get the item you're waiting for an item that has a two percent or something chance on drop uh that you can only uh, try and get once a week to drop and then to titan forge and become amazing and all of this kind of stuff so it seems like the more direct route to rewarding content is the cosmetic stuff is collecting the cool you know mounts and the cool looks and i'm not about that mm. i want to i want to exist in a game that's you know gonna make me go through dungeons do hard content really learn it um and pray that i'm gonna get the item you know yeah like the one not the slightly worse you know the default version oh shame it didn't become the epic version the item so it's kind of all a bit pointless really yeah i just feel like it's um is a constant moving the goalposts. Like everybody's milled about yeah. for a while now uh, before this patch, uh, you know, like gazelles and a football pitch, <laughs> and they're just all eating the grass. And then suddenly <laughs> you got to run to the goalposts, and everybody starts running, and they start fucking sprinting for them. And then as soon as you get there, it's like they move again. Oh um, fuck! Yeah, yeah, and you're just in this endless treadmilly kind of experience of moving through the game and not really which is, which is really fucking disappointing with a game where you're paying a subscription to play it as well like yeah and then on top of that you've got uh store mounts so I yeah. don't, i'm not interested in even unlocking you know the ac accessible in-game mounts because it's like well if i can just pay 15 quid and get a cool looking mount you can only run ride one mount at a time it's not especially now they've introduced this whole system where um they used to have it so certain mounts had certain things that were like special about them. Yeah. Uh, whereas yeah, now they've traded that out and they've replaced that with mount equipment. So you oh, equip okay. a specific mount with an item that allows it to walk on water or uh, that it, when you fall off a cliff, it will pop a parachute out of its backside. What the fuck? Um, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, not literally, but... Shit like it, that. It, like, it, yeah. Yeah. You have a mount equipment. So you essentially have to pick one mount that is your favorite boy. Yeah. And then only ride that one. And that which, is your boy, yeah. Yeah, and that completely undoes... I used to have a list of all my mounts that were favorited, and you have a button that just selects a random one and mounts you up. Um, and if you wanted a specific one, you could have separate buttons for it. But, you know, I had an array of, like, my favorite-looking mounts, and when I got on one, I'd be like, oh, I forgot about this one. That's a good boy. You know? <laughs> That's a good boy. But now I don't care, because I've got the one mount that walks on water that I decided was my favorite one, and I'm going to run around on him forever now. So, so, so really, kind of so just a big disappointment, basically. Yeah, and they released this new mega dungeon. Um, and mega dungeon. Your... Yeah, it's twice as long as a regular dungeon. It's got eight bosses instead of the usual four. Oh, okay. Um, I don't know if you know anything about the old days of Blackrock Depths. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But um, that was like a, a mega dungeon equivalent. Like you spent a lot of the end yeah, game long, in there. Long fucking time, yeah. Yeah. Oh, we've talked about this before, haven't we? Uh. But I think they're trying to recapture some of that. Like rather than releasing a slew of new new dungeons, they're releasing one really really big one 
it's going to be uh, impressive. But then they're splitting it into two parts for when it enters their Mythic Plus content. Right. Mythic Plus, for those of you who don't know, is once you've done a dungeon, you can do it on a heroic difficulty, a bit harder. Mythic difficulty, a bit harder. And then you go increments of Mythic difficulty plus one, plus two, plus three, plus four, etc. And that goes potentially as high as you need it, like as high as it can go. Like it's a it's a procedural scaling um, to each difficulty level, and it's on a timer. And if you succeed at beating it on that difficulty on that timer, you also get scaling loot rewards um in, in that that sort of directly reflect how difficult that dungeon run you succeeded in doing in t in a finite period of time was yeah but because it's eight man dungeon rather than being you know like you know compelling or unique about it and saying right we're going to make it an eight an eight sorry eight man eight boss dungeon um and do that as one mythic plus run making it really fucking difficult they went now nah, we'll just split it into two and it'll just be kind of standard which i think is a bit shit yeah, uh, it sounds very much like um, what they did with Destiny. I mean, Destiny is very similar in that sense. Uh, I think it's just a trait of, of games of that, that sort of genre anyway. To just be like, here's the same ship, you can do it on nine variants of difficulty. And it's like, great, okay. But that that's after a while, it's like, I've done the same thing nine times. Yeah, exactly. And, so, you know, going back to, again, early WoW, uh, Burning Crusade, let's say, you were in, uh, you know, a black temple for months, and you would you would finally get through to your boss on your first raid night, and you would log out, um, and everybody knew that next raid night you would spend the entire night dying. Yeah, yeah. To push through that content, and you can't. Yeah, I don't. I don't really see that anymore. the the ra The race to world first is over in minutes. Uh, most guilds that are mythic like progression guilds, they aren't. They aren't even achieving. Like, so you know they're getting like four or five bosses through most of this stuff. So Perry did a, a piece for Screen Crunch about this, about the whole race for World First. Has that already been done? Because I, I, I don't keep in the loop. I just saw he wrote about it. Um, um I think he was writing about it generally. Uh, I know oh, there okay. Was some, there was recently a bunch of drama between Method and Red Bull. Have you heard of this? No, no. I'm, I'm so, way out of the loop when it comes to like fucking. Well, I'll, I'll, that I'll world. illuminate this for you. Yeah. Uh, Method are a guild in World of Warcraft who are known for, very recently at least, taking a lot of world firsts. They're some of the best gamers in, in the game. And, right. um, well, I mean, officially speaking, the best gamers in the game. Uh, anyway, they, they were so good that on the last raid, they not only took world first, but then they also managed to take world second. Oh, Jesus. So they actually got world first, and then the realms restarted, and they managed to get through the dungeon from start to finish again before the next other, the next guild got it. Oh wow! So okay, they they have been really ahead of the curve, and there are other guilds that are comparable. Don't get me wrong; um, it's just they've they've been recently ahead. Uh, but they they teamed up with Red Bull, and they live stream um, all of their raid progression. So when as soon as the uh, new new dungeon go gets opened. They're in there. They're live streaming. They're like they have most a, a good amount of the guild come to a single venue um, for the battle for for what it was it uh, battle for Dazara Law raid. They were in the Red Bull Gaming Sphere in London. Oh yeah, yeah, I know that place. Yeah, when they were launch night. Yeah, so they were in there live streaming from there, and uh, they had announcers that were rotating. You know, rotating desk of announcers that only slept when they slept, which was like eight hour period. <laughs> right. Um. And they're raiding like 16 hours a day. 
you know it's yeah. it's a really intense thing intense but it's all, it was all it was all sponsored by red bull mm. and then supposedly red bull have a, have tried to muscle out method what the fuck? They've, they've gone they've gone behind methods back to a couple of the other major guilds and said we want to make this a, a bigger streaming event um do you want to join red bull's race to world first and method have kind of gone excuse me what the fuck because even though red bull sponsored the event they didn't pay for any money directly they just paid for the um the space basically for the game like for the red bull gaming yeah sphere, for the, the sphere yeah 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 so method are like well we've never seen a penny from you and now you're trying to take the entire brand uh, whereas this was very much method race to world first, not Red Bull. Not race Red Bull to race first. to world first. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Exactly. So there's a there's a bunch of drama associated with oh, that. Oh shit. Yeah, we'll it's see. It's amazing how much like bitchiness happens in the world of gaming, really, isn't it? It's it's very bitchy stuff. Like, well, there's a lot of money involved involved in uh, yeah, gaming exactly. these days. That's it. You know, it's, it's especially in esports. So a lot of backstabbing stuff like that. Yeah, well, obviously, like Red Bull see it as an opportunity to make some money out of a, a fucking idea, and they've tr- tried to steal it. So, yeah. Yeah, the thing is, I think you'll see most people staying wherever Method wants to do things because they're well, the more well, yeah. seasoned people at it. Well, that I mean, I mean, people who have, have watched them in the past and are aware of, uh, are involved with WoW and stuff like that, will be aware of them, I'm sure, and will want to stick by those guys. And they're probably not funny shit like this. All goes out on the internet, so like people will see what's going on and be like, "Yeah, we'll fuck Red Bull in, basically." So yeah, potentially. Well, yeah, potentially, exactly. We'll see. I don't think any of them are going to stop drinking Red Bull, but no, yeah. they should drink Monster. That's why. That's that's well, what I say. No, they shouldn't drink any of these things. Um, <laughs> okay. It's been... They're bad for you. <laughs> they are so bad, but I am a fucking addict to white cans of Monster. Good lord. Um, yeah. So yeah, all around then, just on the wild patch, it's a bit of a fucking disappointment. Then it's not. Well, I'm gonna I'm gonna reserve full judgment until I've actually played through at least uh, like Myth- Mythic plus ten oh, okay. of um of of this new mega dungeon. Uh, I I don't know how long it's gonna take me to get to there. See <laughs> lately. Yeah. But um. Yeah, I'm. I'm not gonna, you know, throw all in on that until I've done through that because that could be. It could be an excellent dungeon. It could have a lot more content in it than what I'm expecting, which is like, you know, you just do your normal speed run through all the trash, try and get the, you know, perfectly execute simple boss mechanics, and you're done. All right, so, so you have, have to come back and let us know because yeah, yeah I'm intrigued yeah, to see will, if it I fucking. Keep, I'll keep that segment smaller. On the uh, on the next time. Well, that's fine. You you had you had a gripe because they promised the best and biggest patch for the Battle of Azeroth yet, yeah, and, and they've not fucking that I could watch die from a distance. <laughs> exactly. What the fuck is this shit? Like running around a fucking giant map, watching people flying above me, killing things that would let me get to be able to fly. <laughs> yeah. And now yeah, I can't frust- because they're stolen. It's been frustrating. Yeah. It's uh. It, well, it's, it's annoying, isn't it? Because you know you wait for this content to come out, and then and then you can't do what you want to do, basically. And it's like, oh, good, yeah. great. So yeah, it's disappointing. Yeah, but um, yeah, I have yeah, no, so, I have uh, nowhere to tangent off been... on. So you're gonna have to tell me things. <laughs> yeah. The, so the other games I've been playing: Super Hot uh, and uh, Slay the Spire. So Super Hot, uh, I played really briefly ages ago on a VR headset, but it was yes. at work, and I was like, cool, that seem that's really fun. I'm gonna try that out. Many years have passed. <laughs> um, 
But I finally picked it up and played through it, and I'm sure there's some secrets in it that I haven't unlocked, but fuck me. It's a compelling game. It's super fun. Oh, my lord. Which which version did you play, by the way? Did you, or did you, were you doing a VR version this time around, or were you playing the normal, like, standard? Normal, normal. Right, okay. Didn't play it in VR. Yeah. It's, um, it's fucking unreal, right? <laughs> yeah, it's really cool. But one thing I'm concerned, curious about, at the end it says, promise never to play this again. Yeah. And I was like, I started up again, and it started me off like at the ending half of the game. Yeah. And I played for a bit, but then I was like, oh, I guess just get, I'm, get I think I'm stuck in an infinite loop here. Am I? No, you you shouldn't be. You shouldn't be. Well, I when I finished the game, I just went back and um, uh, was just mopping up other levels, and you unlock like a, another mode and stuff like that. Um. Okay, so I obviously have missed the trick here. I have not completed. Yeah, maybe you've not actually finished the game. I don't think you've... I can't remember. I, I don't know, it's been a while. And I have the mo- a mind like a sieve. So, I can't really remember if it's like some kooky twist like that and you're not actually finished yet. Cause yeah, I, maybe I bugged I, it. I do remember. it was like, you can't escape and I just hit Alt F4 because escape didn't work and it was like, stay, you must watch this. And I was like, nope. Oh, wow, you Alt f 4 Yeah. I'm, I'm pretty sure you... <laughs> game tells me I can't escape. I'm gonna so like I'm gonna try the I'm gonna try what I know lets me get out. Yeah, you can't. If they blocked all their four, that would have been deep. That yeah, been oh, deep. that would have been real fucking. Oh, that'd have been great. They should have done that. If there was some way for them to do that, they should have done that. But um, yeah. But no, like like I don't know. Maybe you haven't finished it because you mm. definitely you unlock like a like uh I don't know what what I want to say. The mode is it's like another. Basically, you you, you have. I think there's like an infinite mode where you have to just keep going for as long as you can. Um, okay. And then I think there's some like bonus levels and stuff. I remember I was just trying to mop the achievements up, as I was doing it on Xbox. Um, oh, and right. I have not finished it entirely because like when I finished the the main story as such, um, and then yeah. like say there is a fucking load of stuff to do post game. So I doubt you're done. I feel like you're not finished. <laughs> Well, I'll have to launch it back up after this and uh, keep mopping my way through Red yeah. Dudes. I fucking loved it, though. It's It, it could really, like... It had been out for a while when I'd played it. And um, I'd never even touched it before. I think it went on Game Pass or something. Yeah, you know, that's where I played it on Game Pass. Yes. Um, but also on Game Pass, and what you should check out after this, is Slay the Spire. Right, okay. So wh- where do you stand on card games? Oh, well... <laughs> yeah, they're not. I'm not the biggest fan. I've never to, not the book. I don't know. It's it's because I think I've never gotten into them. I think that's more the thing. Uh, um, right. Let me pitch it to you. It's a roguelike. Right. Where you play a character who has who's you build a deck and you collect artifacts similar to like Binding of Isaac or something like that. Um, as you go through a series of you know uh, battles and you kind of you navigate a map, and you just have to you know choose your left or right at crossroads. And eventually you get to a boss fight at the end of each level. Um, and you, you know, hope to beat that boss and progress to the level after that. And you have to choose, you know, whether or not you're going to... When you get to a campfire, you can sit in a smith, which means you upgrade one of the cards in your deck, or you can go to sleep and recover 30% of your total health. Right, Loads okay. of different branching pathways of choice. Mm-hmm. There's also a huge story element to it. So not only are you deck building, upgrading cards, making these kinds of, you know, make or break decisions as you go... Yeah, but you're also hitting um, things that aren't just boss uh, monster fights or boss fights, uh, or or merchants or campsites. You're hitting these question marks, and I don't know if you've ever played the board game um, uh, Tales of Arabian Nights, but it, it's no. essentially like a 
every time you roll the dice in that game, you have to calculate through like a matrix what paragraph of a book to go to and then read right. from that what happens to your character. Okay. And it's influenced by not only your dice rolls, but uh, actions that you decide to take in the context of the time of day and all this kind of stuff. Um, we actually ended up with such a comic series of events that one of our friends managed to find a way to die in it by getting disease. And then uh, he tried to hide from bandits, got fell out of the tree because he rolled poorly, um, which they crippled him. All so, right. And then they sold him to, into slavery. But because he was crippled, they tried to use him as a sex slave. But because he was what diseased, he couldn't do that. So he ended up being put in a barrel and then having rocks thrown at him overboard of the ship until he sank. And it just said, you are dead. And we went, wait, what? You can die in this game? Wow, like, none of us could believe it. That's like the darkest this... shit. What the fuck? But we had to, we had to, we kept having to go like, you know, it's a big if statement kind of tree. So we read a paragraph and it's like, if you are crippled, go to this paragraph. Okay. You flip through a few pages, go to that paragraph, you start reading through what happens now. And it just it was this weird thing where at the end of each of these paragraphs, he happened to have a status effect that meant we went to the next bit of unfortunate shit that was going to happen to him. Jesus Christ. That's fucking... Wow. That got real dark. Anyway, that, that is real dark. <laughs> that Sorry. is real... F no, no, I but I, I weren't expecting like, it. You're like, you're like Tales we, of the Arabian we, Nights. The next minute, they're in a fucking barrel getting stoned and like weighed down. <laughs> what the fuck? We, like, we should play Tales of Arabian Nights sometimes because it some, it, it's an amazing game. Yeah, I need to but, like, come to London to and play that. But yeah. <laughs> yeah, going back to Slay the Spire, um, there's a... Basically, like an element of that kind of procedural thing. You stop on a question mark. You don't know what's going to be there, and it could be some, you know, evil creature, some merchant, a cleric, uh, and then you have choices, right? Based off of what you're encountering. So they might offer you like a devil's bargain okay. kind of scenario, where it's like you get to, uh, the next two fights you do will drop an artifact, um, or an additional artifact, or you can get a specific card, or you can upgrade every card in your deck. But there's always a, like a trade-off or a chance of a trade-off. So I might say fifty percent chance to lose like thirty life, which is You're significant. You're right. Okay, yeah. Um, and these kinds of decisions can like make or break a run. Mm -hmm. uh, and especially some of the artifact combos I've been encountering can be super overpowered. I managed to get to a point where my character was just radiating fire. He took two damage every round. <laughs> but then dealt like 14 damage to everything around him, every, everybody else on the board. Right. So I just, I tried to turn him into basically, he had a handful of really hard hitting cards and then everything else went into defenses. Right. So I just sit there, like once I got, I was defending myself and making everybody else burn. Jesus. That's yeah, fucking it's cool. Just like, you, every, every playthrough is just a different. It's totally different. I don't. Yeah, and I know the game. I don't know the game well enough. I'm sure when you do, it opens up a lot. So I was gonna say, so it's, it's like a playthrough quite short then, or yeah, yeah. I'd say a playthrough is probably about half an hour. Okay, um, so it's then... like it's like so it's like segmented versions of the same thing. Essentially, you're doing like the, you can do a different scenario every time you play. Essentially, you have the same. Oh, is it like the same overarching plot or no? So no. You, uh... Basically, each time you um, finish a run, you get points and they unlock characters. And I've unlocked... All, I think there's only three characters. I've unlocked all three now. I haven't played the third yet. Right. But the first character is like a Templar of some... He's the last of his order of knights. Right, okay. And then once you die with them, you're, you meet some whale creature with many eyes called Nyao. <laughs> Nyao. Yeah, or like Nyao. Nyao. I don't know. I, I don't know. I just like Nyao. <laughs> Nah. Nah. Uh, 
So anyway, after you meet, yeah, uh, he he basically says like he's brought you back to life, and you're playing a different class now. You're playing someone who's like does a lot of dodging and poisoning, um, and and throws knives out of every orifice. Uh, but then there's like that introduces an element of narrative there. Some of the bo- I encountered a book that every a time book? I turned a pa- yeah. So on one of the question marks, I encountered a book, and every time I turned a page to read more of the lore, it did damage to me. I don't know why, but the way you said that, when you said I encountered a book, I took it like there was like a talking book. I don't know why. Books kind of talk when you think about it, man. <laughs> they do. That's deep. That's deep. But it's like I don't know How why. Oh, yo, I just, well, fuck. <laughs> Jesus. I won't ask that question. I've lost the plot. I have no idea. But yeah, no, I genuinely thought it was like a book person. I have no idea why I thought that. So I was like, a book? What? But yeah, I kind of I wanted to read the law so bad that I ended up turning the pages, losing a ton of health. And then like it, the last page, it's like lose 10 health, but you get to keep the book as an item. Oh. Um, And it has a special magical effect. So I was like, yeah, fuck yeah, I lost like 10 health already, I'll do it again. And I, I knew I had a camp around the corner as well. So I did it. But it seems to have a really interesting way of narrative I'm so delivery. confused, so there's camps and stuff. So so like, is it like you're laying cards and it's telling you what's happening? or? So that, yeah, it's sort of, there's an overworld map. Right, so you okay. start off and you've got like three pathways, you can uh, three spots you can start in. They have different pathways that come off of them and they some, some of them interlink and stuff like that later down the line. Right. So you pick one, you go into your first encounter and then you pick your you know, next forking branch. Do you want to go this way or this way? Um, and you continue all... Uh, each encounter is separate from that map world. Uh... The map world is where you're seeing the question mark nodes, you're seeing the camp nodes, you're seeing the merchant nodes. I've I've semi... I've just Googled it because it was bugging me and I was like, I swear I have heard of this game. And like the art style and stuff, yeah, I have seen this. I didn't know it was a card game though. Yeah. And, like, oh, yeah. and that's on Game Pass now. Yeah. I definitely recommend playing it. Okay, I'll give it a go. I was gonna say, as a like a newbie two card games, do you think it'll be okay, or do you think I'm gonna be like, oh, yeah. what the fuck's going on? <laughs> yeah, as a game, it's super simple. Oh, okay, cool. That's right. I'm gonna check it out. I will check it out. It looks funky. I like yeah, the fact that you sort of time. fall down different routes of story and shit like that. Enjoy that. Yeah, I'm interested <laughs> in finding out more about the game's lore. I don't know how much there is left to discover, but. Yeah, like well, it's a, a 10 really out of 10 on Steam. Jesus Christ, 97% of people on Google liked this video game. So, it's obviously well there you go. appreciated. 10 out of 10 on Steam, you know. You know what people like at shitposting on there? Yeah, very true. So, overwhelmingly positive. So, okay, cool. I'll check it out. Nice. There's something to play. Um, so, I guess I'll kind of touch on what I wanted to touch, because... Um, I've not replayed a lot, but I've just literally on, downloaded the demo for Dragon Quest Builders, and oh yeah, all I've done is the intro, and I'm just instantly like, and I was watching a load of shit on it earlier, um, and just after just having a go at this, this just the intro like bit of the game, I'm just instantly like, this is a bit of me. I need this, so is I think it, I think yeah, I'm gonna purchase so the full game. game. I saw this game, and I was very curious about it, and I was like. Should I go down this route in my life? <laughs> I think it's going to be dangerous, and I can see me wasting a lot of time on it. Because did you ever enjoy Minecraft at any point in time? Yes, and I enjoy Stardew Valley and all those kinds of games. Oh, yeah, I forgot you love Stardew. Dude, this is going to be a fucking bit of you. Because essentially, it's a Dragon Quest game with a builder like slapped on top of it. 
So you get right. like your your full on RPG as well as like having to go or go off and build stuff. So there's a but full. Is it, it turn based? No, it's not turn based. It's all action. Okay. It's, it's all action. The combat's very much like Minecraft. It's very hack and slashy. Um, okay. Except there's big world bosses and stuff like that, and dungeons to go through and shit like that. Because so obviously you have to go. I think you have to go down to dungeons to get certain materials to do stuff. Because essentially, what the game's about is you you're you basically go and build towns. So like it'll be like codes of town. Oh, the town needs a tavern, and it will give you an idea of what you need to build. And then you'll have to make like a tavern for your township and stuff like that, or like um a church or something, some shit like that. Do you know what I mean? Like, it will tell you what you need mm-hmm. to build and then you have to go farming to, like, feed the residents of your town and stuff like that. Um, so there's all sorts of, like, you know, very much like Stardew and Minecraft and Dragon Quest had a baby and this is what came out. Okay, cool. So, I'll tell you more next week because I'm going to go fucking buy it because, like I say, the, the de- well, to be fair, if you wanted to try it, you can just download the demo. Demo's on PS4 and on uh, Switch. So, oh, sweet. so I downloaded it on my Switch because I was like, well, this would be quite a nice game to have the luxury of like being able to take on the go and stuff like that as well. Because it's not like a mega graphical game. Like, you know, it's, it, it, at the end of the day, it's got that Minecraft vibe but everything is cubes, essentially. Yeah. So, um, yeah, no. Um, I'll have more to say about it next time. Sorry, excuse me. I have more to say about it next time. But um, literally just within the, the intro, I was like, yeah, okay, this is... This is a bit of me. I need this in my life, so I'm gonna make a little order when I come off when we come off the podcast. But um, so I've seen that this isn't available on Steam, but I went to have a look, and when I typed it in, the top result in the search list was Dwarf Fortress. Dwarf Fortress. Yeah, have you ever have you ever heard of Dwarf Fortress? No. Oh my! I this is a massive tangent. <laughs> That's what we do on this show. Oh yeah. my! This is like Pac-Man. <laughs> No, it is not. So Dwarf Fortress <laughs> is um, a partial, like heavily perceived. It's a simulation game. Yeah, if you, uh, if you watch the trailer, if, if you watch the little trailer that's on Steam, um, you'll see what I mean. It, it literally starts like it's Pac-Man, and then it like morphs into. What okay, it is. the reason for that is the game originally was a free like online game. Um, you know, the original Dwarf Fortress. This one is the coming soon to Steam, and what that's showing you is the original ASCII art that the right. game was. So, okay. This was a game that was actively played by a lot and a lot of people in recent times, and yet it had graphics like this. Right. But you're you're playing essentially like the 3D the version. Oh. Yeah. Well, they well not 3D, but yeah, they've given it a graphical polish, and they've these graphical polishes have been around in some form or another for uh, for a while. You could always download them. But yeah, I love. Firstly, one thing, just a side note. The planned release date, because it's you know this is not out yet, so it's like add this to your wish list. Planned release date. Time, time is subjective. Yeah, because <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I didn't even know I just said that until you started saying it. Yeah, and it says add to your wish list. So yeah, add to your wish list for the twelfth of never, maybe. Like who knows? Yeah, exactly. But okay, so Dwarf Fortress is um yeah, it's partially procedural simulation game, uh, in which you rule a dwarven kingdom. Right, but the the level of, of of detail that it goes into is super heavy. So it's like you can end up with riots because your beer runs out because you, someone uh, broke their foot uh, carrying a cart. Right, okay. Know, and then they didn't get to work on time, so the brewery produce was down. Like there was someone who um, managed to sort of go through all of like they they looked at the code and was like, "What happened to my kingdom over here?" 
because they hadn't been there, been been on that side of the map in a while, and everybody over there was dead. And they were like, "What happened to this kingdom?" Um, and they'd basically gone through it, back through it, and they'd found out that a bunch of miners had dug really deep and encountered an like a a big kind of slug creature down in the mines. Right. So the the guard had been called the army. Dwarven military went storming down there, and they killed it in a bloody fight. Um, and then on their way returning, they pass over a stream that happens to feed into the main water supply for that fort. Right. And the the blood which is simulated on their boots washes into the stream. What the fuck? And all this is happening in ASCII art, by the way. Yeah. And then there, there comes about this slow degradation of society as the disease begins to spread. Oh my through god! Mine shafts and halls, and and people are piling bodies in corners of rooms and burning them. What the fuck? Yeah, and that's meanwhile insane. this guy's been on the other side of the map playing a different colony. Yeah, holy shit, that's insane. Yeah, the like, game is deep. I mean, it's like... The description literally says the deepest, most intricate simulation of a world that's ever been created. Legendary Dwarf Fortress is now on Steam. Build a fortress and try to help your dwarf survive. Or adventure as a single hero against a deeply generated world. So, so yeah, you don't want to adventure as a single hero. Fuck that. You want to play this insane simulation <laughs> where blood can wash off your the shoes of your soldiers into a into a river that then poisons an entire the, city. The, the way you were telling that i have to say have, have you ever been a dungeon master before <laughs> because i thought you should yes. be oh you have as you say you should be a dungeon master but okay I grew, I grew up as like my group's key dm oh okay i was the, I was the first one to play dungeons and dragons and then as everybody started getting into it i was like well we well tell you a story. i know things i've only ever played once this is a tangent as well i've only ever played once and perry was our dm and it was nice so i enjoyed it so good i very much nice. got into character as well but yeah i don't know finding a finding a dnd group is not a normal thing to find at 28 no, years old <laughs> You take well. No, I know loads of people that play D. Uh, D okay, D well, or, well, in my social know, group, there is not. <laughs> there's a really fantastic one I played online with some people recently. Um, this is another massive tangent. Oh my god, it's gaming um, anyway, related. It's fine. Yeah, so it's a tabletop RPG called Blades in the Dark, and right. rather than D and D, which is super open plan, Blades in the Dark is set in like um, it's a it's a fantasy world that has been broken. Okay. So, uh. It, it began to industrialize, and then at some point, um, some mages got uppity and decided they didn't want to die and thought it would be a good idea to break the gates of death. Right. Um, so they broke them, and the sun went out, and the ocean turned an inky black filled with demons and reflects the sky uh, in this eerie manner where there's lights floating in the abyss that can be seen no matter how deep they are. So they almost looks like stars when you're looking in through the waves. Right. And in a similar way to like Dishonored, these demons um, are hunted for their blood, which is the last source of magic left in the world. Hmm. Um, so that they can essentially use that blood to power constructs that surround their si the last few cities that remain um, to seal them off from the hordes of ghosts because nobody dies anymore. Nobody's killed anymore. <laughs> so all the... When a corpse when a corpse dies in the city, it's all set in this urban kind of setting. And when yeah. a corp, when someone dies, 
they have to get the corpse and it has to be removed from the city within hours otherwise the the ghost is manifested oh and jesus then it becomes a much harder time to remove them um and get them out of the city so the wilderness is just essentially filled with maleficent entities um, fuck <laughs> yeah yeah and the whole premise of this is that there's this you know incredible press on resources things are very tough um whaling is a huge like whaling demon hunting is the whaling industry. <laughs> yeah yeah but it means that it creates this huge social disparity so the campaign as characters you will play criminals in a gang right so okay. you don't have you don't have this how do you know so and so what's your backstory it's, you are criminals in a gang end right. up you're gonna do jobs they can be heists they can be you know infiltrations they can be all sorts of things yeah but the the bulk of gameplay, and this is where I loved it, um, and this is what makes Blades of the Dark super interesting. The bulk of gameplay doesn't take play and take part um, in the present. It takes place in uh, the past. So as you're doing a heist, if I was like you're going on a heist, I'm not going to say how do you want to plan this. I'm going to say cool. Next day you're at the heist, right? And then you expend energy on flashbacks that can create stress effects that affect your character's psychology or create injuries or create negative effects socially. What the fuck? So you would say, um, you know, you would encounter uh, a, a you know door with a heavy lock, and you're going to say, I, I get a flashback to making sure I picked up my lock picks. Um, and that would be if you're a thief or something, that'd be casual. You wouldn't even have to worry about it. They'd just say, right, you've got your lock picks. You can undertake it. You know, oh, okay. So you door. tell us what we're experiencing in the present, and then I'll tell you something in the past that I did. You would suggest to get part. The oh, past. Okay, that would so, like, get me through that scenario essentially. Exactly. So, uh, for example, if you were cornered by guard by a guard and he was approaching you with like a heavy cudgel, you'd say, "I'm gonna flash back to when I saw this guy down the pub." Ah, okay. Right, you wouldn't be able to dictate the outcome of that event, but then we would enter a separate roleplay scenario where we roleplay through a time where both you and this character were in the same pub. Oh Jesus! And that could that could end positively or negatively, and it could end up creating some mental stress for you. It can end up creating um, a kind of situation where you guys are buddies, and he's like, just says like, "I haven't seen you. Fuck off," you know? Yeah, yeah. It really opens up an array of things. Um, when I was playing through it, I was playing as a, an addict, right? Who was also who was a lawyer. Um, I was like, better call Saul in this Victorian magical fuckery. Um, but as an addict, I, I had a situation where I was um, being taken away by a guard. So I flash back to crushing up my, um, because oh, by the way, the sun went dark. So everybody's, everything's made out of mushrooms now. Everything's consumable. Right. So I flash back to uh, powdering my mushrooms and uh, blew them in his face. And I ended up with a devil's bargain scenario uh, as a result of the flashback being so important. Where if I passed my role, I hit him and he's like laid out unconscious, like hallucinating. Mm -hmm. uh, and if I failed the role, I filled the room, like the immediate area with powder. And my party kind of stood nearby trying to remain inconspicuous in the crowd. And everybody around me gets insanely high. Um, like there's, it's, it was a really open format kind of game. And it, in, in, it, it really encourages not only creativity from the DM having to patch together the story, but also from the players trying to patch together the stories. So yeah. It's a much more cooperative storytelling experience than a lot of D&D sessions I've had. As I was going to say, that sounds really cool. I really like the fucking spin in it that, you know, you put yourself in a scenario and then you play... Right, then, then you're not just in one setting either. Like, you're playing <coughs> multiple different... Sorry. ...chunks of time and different scenarios and stuff like that as well. 
So. Yeah, absolutely. And you're creating like a rich tapestry behind a very simple event. Yeah. So even though the premise might seem boring, like you're breaking into a household, the narrative that kind of arises from breaking into that household and playing through that is, is really It's like playing a Quantic Dream game, but... But good. But, but good. <laughs> yeah. And not with weirdly stiff robot people. Sex scenes. Yeah, and... Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah, those... Yeah, Jesus, those sex scenes. Yeah. Yeah, awful. But anyway, um, I digress severely. We did a lot. digress. Yeah, fuck. This is this is the Nick show tonight. I'm sorry, everybody. It's fine. <laughs> this is it's fine. This is I I'm not gonna lie. I came in with so little preparation this week. Like I say, where I've been working so much, I've literally had no time to really, you know, as much as we've been working on the website and stuff like that as well, just to try and like digest all the gaming news and stuff like that as well. It's been really difficult because to be honest, it's been quiet. On the news front, like to just sort of rein it in a little bit, is that on the news front for video games right now, other than maybe like the Switch Lite, which was announced last week, which I guess we can talk about. Um, yeah, I've got opinions on that. We can ta- we can tangent into that now then. But other than that, it's shit. <laughs> okay, fuck. I'll ask you why in a sec. But just before we sidebar, it's like other than that, there's been a bit quiet again, hasn't it? Which was the same with like us last week or last episode. Is that the whole news scene is kind of quietened down a little bit? Whereas I feel like things in nerddom are sort of floating around the whole Comic Con thing that's going to be happening this weekend, which has nothing to do with video games. But I digress. So Switch Lite, bringing it back to that. Um, yeah. That's coming in September. Um, it's if if you live under a rock and you don't know, because you know it's already been announced for about a week. But if if you don't know, um, it's a smaller, lighter version of the Switch, um, which can't be docked. Uh, it doesn't have detachable Joy Cons. Um, what else does doesn't it do? It doesn't rumble. Um, and there's a couple of games which aren't compatible because your Joy Cons aren't detachable. Um, well, I say they're not they're not compatible. They are if you buy an extra pair of Joy Cons and connect it. You can't use the ones built onto the side of the switch. Um, that's, so that's so wanky. Um, yeah. The issue with this is that Nintendo is the only console manufacturer that makes a profit on every console sold. Yes. Every every you know Microsoft with Xbox and Sony with the PS4 they lose money and they make it back through game sales, but they lose money on the actual console sale. Mm-hmm. Nintendo makes a profit, and yet they strip this right down and still have the cheek. To put two two hundred pounds for it, two hundred pounds, yep. only eighty quid odd cheaper. Yeah, it's eight, eighty pounds. One. Eighty pounds cheaper. Um, and and to be fair, I've seen deals just in the last twenty four hours with Prime Day and stuff, and other shops that are trying to compete with Prime Day, where you can pick up a regular Switch for like two hundred and twenty thirty pounds. So I mean, if you're gonna Nintendo notorious for like maintaining a really bad um, software ecosystem on their platforms. Like yeah. The eShop is garbage, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, the so friend system, this- everything like that is just meh. Well, also, like, it will let you buy games like Rocket League and then say, hey, you can't play this because you don't have an online subscription. And it's like, well, why did you sell it to me? Like, come on. Yeah. Um, yeah. Anyway, point. my point is that when you have this, they're gonna you're going to be on the same platform as the regular switch almost undoubtedly some people are going to accidentally buy games that uh, rely on the the joy cons and it's not yeah. going to be there i mean but the to, to be fair and i'm not trying to just defend nintendo but uh, in to be in fairness the games which support the need joy cons they're very very few and and to be honest if you're going to be playing 
they're not going to be games you're going to be playing on a predominantly uh, portable console anyway. Like, 1 2 Switch and stuff like that. It's like a party game that you'd probably play at home with, like, fucking friends and shit. So, yeah, I get you. I think I'm more I'm more mad about just the general lack of quality of it. The yeah. loss of the rumbling is a big thing. Um, the yeah, I don't understand what that's called. Yeah, exactly. That's not like, a big thing to include. Um, it's also that price point is really, really getting at me. If it was, like, a lot cheaper than the regular Switch, I might be like, okay... I'll get one of these cheap. Like, well, I was surprised it ones. wasn't like a hundred pounds less. In honesty, um, I know yeah. we're not far off the mark, but I was surprised it wasn't a hundred pound less. One hundred and sixty. I would be like, you know what? I might pick it up. I might pick it up. Uh, you know, for for my girlfriend, and we just can have that as a as a thing for when we want to have our own separate screens instead of screen peeking. Yeah, yeah. Um, during Crash Team Racing. Yeah. And and so we can have a better controller experience rather than having to use one Joy-Con each, you know? Yeah. But as it stands, I'm just looking at that price tag and I'm like, nah. Nah, sorry, son. Yeah, well, let's put it this way. I mean, if you unless like you're in a scenario, like you said, where you actually specifically might potentially need a, uh, a second Switch. Like for me, like it's just a whole non-purchase anyway because I've already got a Switch, like a normal Switch. And I don't deal... I, I, don't, I don't take it out that often these days, so even when I do, it's on a plane or something like that, so it's not like I need a smaller version of the Switch. Um, yeah, true. So, you know, I mean, to be fair, even though it's smaller, it's still not like, it's not like you're going to put it in your pocket kind of thing, <laughs> you know, yeah. it's yeah, still, it's still, it's it's still a got the, device. yeah, it's still a big device, it's still got the joystick sticking out, like, it's not, you know, it's it's more portable, but it's to, it's got, I don't know. I was kind of disappointed because I was I was like a lot of people and was hoping they were going to announce the the pro air quotes model that's been rumoured for a little while, which yeah, is see, essentially since essentially taking the route of like what Sony and Microsoft have done with the Xbox One X and the PS4 Pro, um, yeah, and having a slightly more specced up, more expensive version of of the Switch, which I, I'd be I, I'd personally be invested in. Like if they're, they're going to say it's going to do a load of a bunch of other stuff or have better. Uh, Frame rates than the um, current Switch, or, or potentially better graphics and stuff like that. Like I'd be all in for that, um, personally, because I'd like to be able to play stuff that looks not like Doom or something on my TV off my Switch if I want to. I mean, not that I'd necessarily play it off my Switch on my TV anyway, but I digress. Um, it'd just be nice to have that option though, to play that in like 1080p at 60 or something like that. If they could potentially get that crammed into a a pro version of the Switch, and that'd be great. But all they come out with is obviously like like you say, just this this slightly stripped down version for a cheaper price point for for what to be honest, I feel like is gonna be quite a small market as well. Like who's really really clamouring to have a uh, an extra portable version of the Switch? I think this is for you know um, those, kids. Those kids, yeah, those yeah. kids who have been wanting a Switch for a while and the parents have gone, no, come on, it's expensive, Murr. Yeah. Um. And then now they can just go. Actually, this is a bit cheaper. Have that. Yeah. It's a bit harder to break. You're not going to chew on the Joy Cons. Yeah. There's nothing to fucking come loose. It's all in one. Blah blah blah. Mm. The fact you can't mm. dock it though really confused me. I I kind of don't understand that. Um. Yeah. You could at least like have some kind of um. I I mean I I kind of get it because there's no Joy Cons, is there? No. There's but... yeah. But there's no Joy Cons. But that like. You could still have the option if you take it to your friend's house and they've got Joy Cons or a controller, you could connect them to it and just sit it in their dock. 
Yeah, true, true. You know? It seemed like a bit of a weird thing for me. Yeah, yeah, I know, I, I, I get that, but I'm just saying, like, why couldn't it have still been a feature, like, to just be able to do it? Do you know what I mean? Like, it didn't need to yeah. come packaged with a dock, specifically, but why could it not still dock? So, like I say, if I come to your house, say, and I'm like, oh, look, I've got Crash Team Racing, and I just want to plonk it in and just, like, play it on your TV. Like, I don't see what yeah. that is, unless there's some logistics with the hardware that it can't keep the cooling, because obviously, Switch games... Some uh, the performance changes depending on if you're playing uh, docked or undocked. Yeah. So unless there's something to do around that, which probably is the reason, but I've I've not seen anything about it personally. But uh, if that's not the reason, then I don't know why they didn't just allow you to dock it still. But well, I don't get that. So slight tangent. Speaking of console disappointment. Yep. Um, and uh, you mentioned it was pri- it's Prime Day. It's about to end. It is. Um, but. I, I was quite excited. I saw there was a, an Xbox console, uh, an Xbox One on there for about 200 quid. I was like, oh, that's not bad. And it includes a controller, which I wanted to use on PC for a while anyway, because playing with a PS4 controller is really annoying because everything comes up with the Xbox. Yes. Inputs. Yeah. Um, and, uh, you know, a couple of games. I'm like, that's a good deal. But I've seen it's there's no there's no disc capability. Oh, you've seen it. Yeah. So uh, I don't know if you well, obviously you hadn't seen. So, basically, they released a digital-only version of the Xbox One S. Um, yeah. So it doesn't take discs. It is literally a digital console. All you can do is play, buy your games off the Microsoft Store, um, and play them that That's way. Shit. <laughs> yeah. That's um, terrible. Yeah. Well, exactly. I get the I get the the premise behind it. I mean, originally, 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 when they were going to release this Xbox back in 2015 or whatever the fuck it was 14 um they were they were going to not have a disk drive anyway i don't know if you you heard about that at the time but they, there was like strong deliberations to not have a disk drive then um and then i guess logistically they were like oh actually the you know the internet isn't what it snuffed up to be and these games are too big we're going to have to have a disk drive this so. concerns me though because with the release of all of these subscription platforms and the way that consoles have always charged you well specifically the xbox has always charged you to access the internet. And Sony didn't originally, but now does. Mm-hmm. So just to use the games you own on the internet, you're already paying one subscription fee. And then you subscribe to another subscription fee to get their access to well, the library this of is, games. Well, no, no, no. This is where Microsoft have been clever, or cleverish, depending, you know. You can get uh, Xbox Game Pass Ultimate, which is Xbox Live and Xbox Game Pass in one subscription. Oh, um, okay. So it's a bundled thing. I don't know what they charge for it for a year off the top of my head. I was quite lucky because when they announced Game Pass Ultimate, so basically what Game Pass Ultimate is, Game Pass Ultimate is Xbox Game Pass for console, Xbox Game Pass for PC, and Xbox Live, all in one package. So because yep. I already had a year on my Xbox Live, which, well, I say a year, it runs out in February, I think, or January next year. Um, okay. So what they did when they announced Game Pass Ultimate... I you you could buy a month for a pound your first month of Game Pass Ultimate for a pound, but yeah. if you already had a subscription, it just upgraded your subscription. So I've got Xbox Game Pass Ultimate until next January. Oh, nice. So I I, I literally I'd already paid for Xbox Live. So and plus I've seen like today they're doing a deal where you can get three months. I think if you're a new customer, you can get three months of Ultimate for like eleven ninety nine or something like that. Um. So it's not too bad. I don't know, like I said, I'm not sure what they charge the, the for a thing year. The with this is it's not 
even though it's not too bad now, yeah. it's about once they've got you in the ecosystem and that's how you're you you want to rely on playing your games. Yeah. Then they can kind of do what they want, and that's the scary thing. And yeah. I think Yeah. Uh the discless thing is what really threw me off and made me go wait a second like this isn't on. Um because yeah, it's it's kind of sketch. So yeah, Game Pass Ultimate at the minute has 67% off. So it's normally 32.99 for a quarter. It's 10.99 for a quarter right now, so for 3 months. Um Okay. So we're saying what? It's it's just a bit more than Netflix a month basically, isn't it? It's like, you know, whatever it is, 10 11 pounds a month essentially. And you get See, you get Xbox Live thing... and Game Pass all in one. The weird thing is I don't even know why I'm considering this. I have no space to put an Xbox. But <laughs> it is remarkably tempting when it's only 200 quid. Yeah, yeah, I know what you mean. Oh, to, to, to be fair, like I'm a sucker. I, I have fucking everything, don't I? But, and you know, I barely have time but to play an Essex, one. Which means you have a million space. <laughs> uh, yeah, true. Exactly. And I don't have London monies to pay on things, I guess. But, um, yeah, no, it, it's... The whole discless thing, I think, is just because of Game Pass. Well, I say I think because of Game Pass. It is because of Game Pass. They probably have Game Pass littered all over the box art for it, I imagine. Um, because, obviously, the like you said, the way it's going, you don't need a disk drive. Because if you're going to just use Game Pass anyway, you might as well just buy the discless version. So, yeah, exactly. But that is a 1S. That's not an X. So it is the, the lesser of the Xbox consoles. So it's the... Ugly stepchild, I'm going to call it. Because, to be <laughs> honest, in my opinion, if you're going to buy an Xbox, you you need to buy an X. Because, like, the original Xbox One and and the One S is just fucking trash. Like, the games are just, like, they're, they're yeah. They're, they're, not done any, they're not done any justice on that machine, in my opinion. But if you, yeah, if you don't care about things, if you don't care about graphics and stuff like that, then it's not really the an Xbox issue. Xbox One X is 350 quid. Yeah. Mental. Yep. Yep. Well, you got to think a Switch is £280. Yeah, so... I know. I'm just looking at the S, which is £200 on Prime Day. Yeah, yeah. Um, so it's like when you just compare that and you're like, oh, it's nearly double the price. They're just trying to flog these shittier consoles. Yeah, yeah, essentially. Oh, because literally the original Xbox One is just a steaming fucking turd, in my opinion. <laughs> like, you're literally better off just playing on your PS4. Because it's just well, I've made my decision. I will not be getting one. Yeah, I wouldn't recommend it. And to be honest, if you're going to get Game Pass, you're just better off getting Game Pass PC. And like, eventually everything's going to be on PC. I mean, fuck's sake, Halo's going to be on PC within the next few months. Like, who really gives a shit about anything else? You know what I mean? Like, yeah. that's really the Xbox game. That's the big exclusive that you know would tie you to being like, oh, okay, maybe I want to get an Xbox so I can play Halo. Um, true, even, true. even the Gears of War games. The well, three of the Gears of War games are on PC. So, and they're on Game Pass as well. So there's that argument as well. There's not really a lot of even like Forza and stuff like that. I need to play the last um, the Gears of War games that are on Game Pass because I'm way out of the loop on that series. Yeah, Gears Four was good, and Gears Five looks really good. So fingers fingers crossed, Gears Five is good. Um, Yeah, wow, this has been a fucking roller coaster episode. We're, we're... It has been a roller coaster. It's been a, a tangent on a tangent on a tangent. A tangent on a tangent. You've thank not... you for bearing with us. Yeah, thank you. Hope we've you've enjoyed listening. We've not just covered video games. We've covered fucking actual real life board games. <laughs> real life. 
Yeah, because video games aren't real life. Maybe we should incorporate some of that. Next time, I'll talk to you about a tabletop game called Spire. I've heard of that. I'm really out of the loop with tabletop games, by the way. Legit, I'm the worst when it comes to that. I know nothing. So... Cool. Teach we can me. do like a we can do an educational tabletop segment. I was gonna say, I feel like this episode's been very educational on tabletop games and and simulation games that I have known nothing about. Oh, so, Jaws Fortress! What the hell? We should talk about Eve Online next time. Oh God! Oh God! Are we gonna have like a business analytics mission uh, mission <laughs> meeting? I'll, 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 I'll bring the spreadsheets. Yeah, yeah, Jesus. Um, that you your objective I'm gonna set to you is to download the Dragon Builders, uh, Dragon Builders, Dragon Quest Builders two demo on something. Dragon Builders Z. Got Dragon you. Builders X Y and Z. Yeah, download okay, that. Okay, that's my homework. I'm actually gonna try and play Tacoma before next time as well because I was. Sort of feeling a hankering for an 0451 game, um, which, if you're not familiar with that, is uh, it's sort of like Bioshock, System Shock, Deus Ex. Okay, yep. That kind of game. Tacoma? And, uh, yeah, Tacoma was made by the uh, guys that did Firewatch. Oh, okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. And even though Firewatch isn't an 0451 game, um, strictly, it's like that kind of rich narrative that you get from one. The last one I played, there's actually, if you haven't played it, it's on Game Pass, Prey. Yep. Yeah, yeah, I've played, I played a bit of that. A while ago. It's fucking hard. <laughs> it is really difficult. You get into a rhythm with it, and then ah, it's it suffers from a little bit. It gets a bit boring in late game, but it oh, is a okay. good game. Yeah, I need um, to. It's... I need to go back and carry on with that. I've got it on Steam. I've just not sat and played it properly. To be fair, came out of time when Do I was it. a terrible gamer, which I'm kind of slumping into at the minute. I, I need to end this drought, so I'm going to throw my life into Dragon Quest Builders. I'm going to do that. So next, All right, cool. next time we if come on. If it's multiplayer, we should, uh, we should look at playing together. It fucking is. Oh. It fucking is. Okay, cool. Download the demo, see if you like it. And if you like okay. it, then we, we, we will have to combine and build things and quest. We'll do. We'll talk after recording. We'll set a date. Okay. some candles. F- oh, Jesus. That sounds amazing. Play some builders. Brilliant. Okay, well, anyway, guys, we're going to stop tangenting now. Uh, cheers for tuning in again and listening to this fucking... Yeah, thanks very much. Uh, I'm not going to call it a shit show, but we've been, been a bit off the rails this week. So, yeah, thanks for tuning in. Uh, it's fucking... The madness. Drama madness. Uh, yeah, so follow us on fucking on Twitter at... Uh, <laughs> I was about to say at Screen Crunch. I've been promoing too many things on Twitter. <laughs> follow us at AltDadPod on Twitter. Follow us or at... Alt Dab Podcast on Instagram, and you can find us at facebook.com forward slash Alt Dab Podcast. Um, Instagram is where you get all my neat little drawings for each episode, just saying. Yes, which are beautiful, and you will see this week's artwork attached to this episode on any fine podcast thing. Also, subscribe to us. If, you're, if you've seen us on Apple Podcasts, seen us on Stitcher, seen us on, on I was about to say TuneIn, we're not on TuneIn, see us on uh, uh, SoundCloud, that place that provides us. Uh, subscribe on there as well, subscribe everywhere. Follow us on our own socials. You'll find us uh, through our alt dab accounts. Um, we and really appreciate it. That's it. It would be very lovely of you. We'll send you kisses in the mail. Um, so yeah. So till next time. Peace. Peace.